0: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from Lake Forest Church, all about the messages we hear each and every week. I am your host, Nathan Story, back again in the host chair. I kicked Caesar out. I said, Caesar, enough. Your questions yes. are terrible. Give me <laughs> back the reins. Yes. Let's do- no, I'm, the that. <laughs> I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now. That's what I said. No, exactly. no, I was going to be back. It was great to talk as a worship leader last week on the show, and, and I'm back in the, in the host position. And we're really excited uh, about this week because we have with us as Aaron says, the Reverend Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Moses. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining us this week.
1: Uh, yeah, thanks for the invite. I knew that you guys were doing a podcast, and I'm honored to be part of it. It was so great to reengage with Westlake Forest Church uh, Sunday, and now I get to again. Yeah, yes, first-time guest.
0: Woo! Yeah, the roster's getting bigger and bigger of the people I who have the show. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. But am Ooh, I first a, doctor?
1: first doctor who's a guest oh
2: that's
0: a good question this is true oh you are i think no might... dr laniac was probably the first doctor. oh that's right oh, we did oh, have absolutely. dr laniac and he's a real that. doctor yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: we'll, we'll have like a bingo card for our, for our listeners to mark yes. off you know yeah. for the different guests that we have so
0: that would be amazing uh we are in a series with our churches called the whole story where we have, have the big goal of preaching through the entire bible hitting some main points um for this whole calendar year uh and we are in judges now and mike was uh, as he mentioned gracious enough to come out to Westlake and preach on deborah and one of the, the stories of the judges so we're, we're gonna get into that uh message here in a moment but mike since it is your first time on the show why don't you give us a little bit of your background give us uh some 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 highlights of the mike moses story about how maybe even your God story and, and how you got into preaching and, and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit more about uh, Mike Moses. Uh,
1: wow. Thank you for being interested, Nathan. You're and, welcome. <laughs> uh, and yeah, because there's a whole lot of people at Lake Forest Church there in Denver that we haven't been around each other, number one. That's true. That's COVID. True. And number two our staffs really operate as a family of churches in many ways we plan and do ministry together and we really like mentor peer mentor each other in our ministries and that's fantastic our congregations are more aware of who they worship with so um but let's see yeah so and and maybe this you know might only be interesting because um uh, you know back in 1998 my wife and i and some friends founded lake forest church and which has now become the lake forest family of churches um uh, so yeah, yeah. I grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. I grew up in a okay. a churched home, a Christian home, but um, but a you know God's providence in our lives uh, often for blessing or cursing comes through our family and our family system, choices they make. And my parents looked up when I was in middle school and realized that their church going was all about social stuff and my dad's like i'm already a member of the Optimus club i don't need to join another benevolence association there doesn't seem to be anything transcendent about this hmm. uh, about that time a friend invited them to a bible study it turned out to be a bible study of charismatic christians mom and dad were a little freaked out at some of the stuff that went down <laughs> but and they said we're not doing that but those there's some there was something divine Mm -hmm. It was something like those people actually seemed to know God. So they went on a bit of a quest and we ended up at a very Bible teaching church, emphasized a personal relationship with Christ. And so the way that God used that in my life is therefore that's the church. I became a conscious adult human being, teenager human being in and mentored by youth pastor who just taught me from day one. I didn't have to unlearn stuff that Mm -hmm the faith is about a personal living, breathing dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ alive in you through the Holy spirit. And he just mentored me in that. And so I, um, I took to that and I would say the Lord granted me a, a zealous faith from early on. Not Nothing I did. That's just who I was and want all my friends to know Christ and uh and the world fast forward. And, um, in college, I started off as a business major, and then went to the college of William and & Mary. And uh, my crisis, my real crisis of faith was my freshman year. I must have been a little bit open about my faith or something. And the first week of college, my uh, one of my suite mates said, hey, Mike, I heard you're a Christian. I said, yeah. And he said, why? And the reason that popped up behind my eyeballs that I did not say, because it was a dumb <laughs> reason, was, because my parents are, and I yeah. was raised that yeah. way. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, I'm now 19 years of old. old. I, I'm not okay with that answer, I, you know? And this is when I was also waking up intellectually and realizing that I, I need reasons for things. Um, and so I didn't, I wasn't very open about it, but I did the best I knew how to put the Christian faith up on a table, take it out of me, put it up on the table and walk around it like, is this true? Studied other mm-hmm. religions for the first time. And, uh, you know, this is in the 1980s. So, I, 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 to, to anybody researching the veracity of the Christian faith or not is going to read a bunch of C.S. Lewis. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, I came to a sense that, well, I, early on, I thought, I realized it is just a conviction of mine that, that the belief that there is a God, a divinity of some sort behind it all, I believe is a priori or pre-given knowledge to human beings. And the Bible teaches that, that we're without excuse, that you can read the creation like something doesn't come from nothing. Let me be that technically philosophical for you, uh, with you. (laughs) And I was convinced of that early on. So now my question was that God's probably not silent, and so which of the major religions is most intellectually plausible? And to my satisfaction, I came back to the Christian religion as by far the most intellectually plausible. And that's a long story. But then, Nathan and Caesar, I came to this point of like, well, but God, I know that it's supposed to be personal somehow. And I am intellectually convinced, if you're a personal God, would you touch me with your personal presence? And I cannot... As to this day, I cannot describe it, but God answered that prayer. It wasn't immediate. But over a period of time, he revealed his personal presence with me, in me, and through me through faith. And um, my faith has never been shaken since. Mm. Mm. I have questions. Sure, sure. I I got two shelves full of, of books about my main questions. They're theological and biblical. Um, but i'm um the Lord has gifted me with such a sense of his presence and his nearness that it's almost not faith for me, it's almost sight, and I mm. say that hesitatingly, but I'm grateful that's
0: the unique maybe grace to me hmm. my goodness i- th- I feel like we could we could unpack that story and talk about that for the rest of the our show here, but we uh mm-hmm. we perhaps have a a sermon to get to but Mike thanks for sharing a little bit more of your heart and your story what a wonderful uh synopsis there that was really intriguing and and awesome my uh at the risk of doing what I just said I I do want to respond a little bit to a little bit of what you said I I find it so difficult as an adult especially because I have a very similar story Mike I grew up in a, a Christian home and you know when I was in college and asked the very question you were asking. you know, why are you a Christian? You know, that kind of, mm-hmm. you, you you don't realize that you've never answered that question before, really. Yeah. And that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. I made um, up
1: something to tell him. I, I, there's no telling what I fumbled through, but I didn't think <laughs> the real answer.
0: Yeah. But one of the things <laughs> that I wrestle with now when I think about uh, what is encouraged often in evangelical circles, which is just that, evangelizing to other people, is that it's really hard for me, and I'm sure a lot of people, to, to nutshell something that's so, so personal, you know, that is so, um, that feels intimate. As you said, God just feels present in your life, and it's like, it's hard to convince someone Cause you sound like you're haunted by a ghost almost you know and, <laughs> and we would say yes we are we're haunted with the holy spirit with the holy yeah. ghost so yes but that makes them perhaps want to run away not <laughs> not come back so yeah, yeah. I, uh it's it's nice to hear that that, that similar kind of struggle and it was just briefly information
1: briefly it was about a year and a half after that that i experienced a, a call to lifelong ministry like this mm-hmm. is what i knew i made it i was a business major But I went on a summer mission trip with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship to East Africa. And I lived with a Kenyan pastor in a mud hut under a tin roof out in the middle of nowhere. And we just walked to seven villages and visited the people in each one one of those villages every day. And he would open up God's word and talk about their life. And I loved it. And my last night there, um, I had an upset stomach because they finally convinced me to drink this traditional milk out of a gourd That was lined with soot, which would keep it from going bad. Although there was no refrigeration, they finally convinced me to drink out of it It as my last night. Brother Moses, you've got the, and so I finally (laughs) drank it. And I got up in the middle of the night, like, and I blew chunks out in the middle of a field. I was so sick. (laughs) And then I just laid back in the field on my back and was talking with the Lord, looking up in the sky, and I was like, Lord this what past this pastor kip Koich and i've been with him have been about this month the, the intersection of god's word and people's lives all day every day feels like what you made me to do and so mm. i'm gonna go after that feel free to slam the door and say no you're supposed to be a structural <laughs> engineer um you tell me you find a way to tell me that but here i go and I came home, changed my major and, and the direction of my life. And here I am talking with you, mm-hmm. you two fine gentlemen on our staff at Lake yeah. Forest Church. Yeah. And
0: That's as so they cool. say, the rest is history, right? Yeah. The rest is history. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it's so cool, Mike, that we kind
2: of started with this story. And you you shared that little extra story because I heard that in your sermon this week. You and, and I don't know if it's something you just, because it's in you, you preach it almost every time when you get up to speak. But um you mentioned this idea of a holy hurt. You know, that mm. thing that God puts in and in specifically yeah. individuals yeah. that only they notice that is um a hurt that happens in this world or or maybe this passion that they put in, in their hearts to where they have to respond to partnering with God mm. in that thing. And it seems to me like you know, yours is a call to ministry, but I, I was just so struck by that idea of a holy hurt right that that purpose that god has uniquely put in our lives and so it's kind of cool that we got we got the the backstory of your holy hurt right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah mine is
1: simply connecting people with the word of god in the deepest joys and hurts and all the in-between of their life mm. through jesus christ it, it's that small and that big and for others i think one of the reasons why a church can be diverse about opinions and politics is one person's holy hurt will be protecting the rights of the unborn. Mm-hmm. And another person's holy hurt may be um, uh, to be sure that racial inequities generationally are being healed in our generation, both in the name of Jesus. And mm-hmm. those two people don't have to judge each other that they have the wrong holy hurt. They
0: mm-hmm. got to
1: follow the one that God gave them. Yeah, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love your leadership in our church in that, Mike. It's so evident and, and so, I think... Um, well, just necessary these days to be able to, to, to tell people hey you c- it's okay to disagree on this stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I, I think we're the, the world is so polarized and 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 we, we talk about this often on the on our show just this just, okay. uh, just social media and how we navigate it and and how we navigate the culture that tells us so many antithetical things to what we find in the Word of God um, but, yeah, and so I, I'm just so impressed and thankful for that about Lake Forest is that we're, we're able to sit in, in the tension of just differences, right? To sit yeah. and, and, and being very different from the people around us, yeah. And that's our
1: denominational motto, which we may talk about another day. What yeah. first attracted me to the Evangelical Presbyterian Church when I knew I had to be part of a denomination because that's biblical, for mm-hmm. churches to not be authority unto themselves, but be mutually submitted for right doctrine, right practice, and the motto of this denomination, which is not perfect, is in essentials unity. And so we're super clear on the essentials of the faith, mm-hmm. and we have no, we're in lockstep. Mm-hmm. Everybody in our church about that, and then in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. And 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 I think that governs the kinds of things that sounds like you guys are talking about often at Westlake. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's switch. This is a great conversation. I hate to end it, but let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Let's we gotta talk about a sermon a little bit. I think I think we'd be yes, because I not. loved
1: diving back into Judges four mm-hmm. and opening yes. up some details that I'm sure were totally unfamiliar to most people because they're not paid mm-hmm. to sit around and read the Bible with a latte in their hand all day like I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well,
0: yeah.
1: And if is, you are reading, like, it,
0: like,
2: well, I was going to say, and if you are reading it with a latte in your hand, you're, this 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 uh, story had a lot of spit takes. Right, where you're reading through it and you, <laughs>
0: yes.
2: you, you spit the, lot, the latte right
0: out because it's just a crazy story. Yeah, it's it a is. It's crazy story.
1: Especially, it's this, this this total surprise ending.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this is the question I've asked Aaron and a lot of the speakers that have come through uh, this to the show as we've talked about the whole story. But what is it about this particular story, the story of Deborah and uh, the greater context of Judges, that we, you know, we, we've said we're going through the whole Bible, but it's not necessarily the entire Bible. There are some things we've had to pick and be careful mm-hmm. about and, uh, and be, not careful, but um, intentional about in mm-hmm, uh, picking these stories. And so what was it about this particular story, Mike, that, that you said this is, this is one of the ones that we have yeah. to get to yeah. uh, for this time and, and these people?
1: This is one we switched actually. Aaron and okay. I and a couple of other pastors switched after the first two and a half months of the whole story. We were going to do a different story from this section of Scripture. So number one, uh, uh, if you followed the intro to my sermon, we could have picked any chapter in Judges, and and I could have preached almost the same sermon, yeah. just different yeah. historical details and names. So it in a sense, it didn't matter which one. And then... Um, we decided on Deborah because we heard consistently that many women in each of the Lake Forest family of churches were having a unique struggle mm-hmm. reading the early parts of Scripture because it seemed not only were there not female leaders or positive characters, they were seemed to be props for their husband more or less, but but there was much grave mistreatment of women. And I heard specifically for more than one younger woman at Lake Forest Huntersville that it, it, it was just a bit hurtful it wasn't that they were blaming God for this this is human th- these are women they know how women have to make it in this world and especially the further you go back in history mm. but it was just a little hard you maybe some might have used the word a little traumatic you know I, nobody was being overly so we were like we need to pick Deborah. We need to pick a strong female character who is a leader and, and, and is a fir- she is a model in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is not acted upon and is not a victim of others. In fact, she is the actor par excellence um, with a nod to uh, female leadership in the church. So that's exactly why. W- that was a good question, Nathan. That's, we, we switched. It was going to be another one. I don't remember what
0: and we chose this very specifically some other dude with a beard probably
1: <laughs> yeah
0: some yeah. guy with a beard looking a little bit like caesar but more scruffy yes yeah well i love that i love that that heart for that cuz well there's really a, a fact cuz there's a in in the first few books of the bible as we've been going through it this year there's a lot of dudes with beards as we were just mm-hmm. joking but it's true there's a lot and then we're about to hit kind of an awesome string uh, True. sort right with 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 the judges and then – because we're not quite – I'm not quite the Bible scholar. Or perhaps you are, Mike, but uh, we're not to Ruth or Esther yet, right? We, we won't get there Ruth yet. is That's very after close judges. behind, yes. and that may okay. have been
1: the one we were going to do, but but we chose a more assertive female character. Mm. Um, uh, Ruth is not far behind. Esther is much later in the story, but Ruth is very close here. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Great. Well, and, cause it, so it's a great first, perhaps, female – centered week because she Deborah does have a ton of boldness. I mean she yeah. like you said she's the actor. She she's she's got this real confidence and godly confidence that's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well Mike tell and, us how you you prepared for the message, how you uh perhaps research in general for your, your sermons. We're always interested to hear speak speakers talk about their craft. So maybe start there and, and how you prepare and then particular for this message, what did you do maybe different or what did you you get to that, that opened your eyes about Deborah?
1: Um uh, for low these twenty three years, Nathan, <laughs> that I've been pastor of Lake Forest Huntersville, which is, that longevity is an incredible blessing in my life. Yeah. Um, and has some unique blessings for the church that I'm discovering. But um, pretty much my rhythm is so the pastors, uh, Aaron and I, the pastors of the Lake Forest family of churches, mm-hmm. and sometimes the worship guys. You were there often. Um, we go away twice a year and we plan out six months worth of sermons we do that together yeah. that's awesome yeah.
0: so what i and pretty do, pretty unique for a, a family of churches Month that we've talked about that before how that's a unique gift for our staff mm-hmm. i think is that that's it a is. really neat thing to be invited into that process
1: yeah and uh and we get good stuff out of yeah oh yeah all these people so um then uh, you know for me my best rhythm Is about a month or two away from a next series. I go to the mountains. I've got a happy place or two I go to. Mm -hmm. And uh, used to be with my dog, uh, but my dog uh, retired after my boys Mm -hmm. went to college. uh, Started feeding her cheeseburgers and uh, (laughs) in her final years because she was about to die anyway. And so now it's just me. I go to the mountains for two days, sometimes three. And I just take Nathan out in this case, I would take a commentary or two from my shelf. I've got a lot uh, on this book of the Bible or if it's a subject that we're studying. I'll just grab some books and stuff and now these days of course I can grab so much of that online and I just sort of attach. I'll read passages I'll read uh, things read commentaries, read the scriptures and I'll just be dropping ideas in each of the sermons for that whole series. Uh, Sometimes I'm dropping a lot Sometimes I'll, I'll know of a notable sermon of either a friend of mine or something notable, and I'll know that the, the application point was really strong. I'll grab that. Or the exegetical, like the, oh, man, when Tim Keller unfolded what this means in the ancient Hebrew, I'm sure not going to top that. So I'm going to grab that <laughs> and, and usually give him credit, uh, you know, or sometimes I'll just say, hey, these next number of points are not very original to me, and then I'll just go because Angie and my staff said, Mike, it really gums up your preaching if you're always saying according to so-and-so, quoting so-and-so. So mm-hmm. we all know that you give credit, so just go. Okay. So I grab all that, and then, then when I get to Monday of a week, I'll open up my Deborah file, and I've either got a lot, and that's a good feeling first thing Monday morning. <laughs> like, I'm really good here. Or, you know, like I've got two n- nothing. Sometimes yeah, it's, yeah. it's never nothing. It's never nothing. Cause we do that work on our retreats too, our pastor retreats. We, we yeah, do some yeah. work on outlining sermons and main points. So that's, that's my craft. And then I do a little bit of work Monday and Tuesday. And then all of Wednesdays are devoted to um, just working on sermon. I just, I just need concentrated time where I get in flow. Mm. Um, and I'm at my best when I protect Wednesdays and then usually a, a quarter to a half of Thursday. And then I leave it Thursday at five because our pastor schedule is we're off on Fridays and Saturdays generally. Although this Friday I have a wedding, this Saturday I have a funeral, but mm. the, I signed up for that life every now and then. Say,
0: such is the life of a pastor, right? Yeah.
1: Um, but, um, I don't, I, I learned after two years to just leave it mentally Thursday at mm. five and I come back Saturday. Evening. Now I'll come up with some ideas and write them on slips of paper while I'm mowing my grass and stuff. But then I come back to it Saturday night at about nine or 10 o'clock at night. And that's when I, I'm only editing stuff out. I'm mm-hmm. um, not making it longer. I never okay. struggle with having enough mm-hmm. Edit it out. And then I go to my office about six in the morning, Sunday morning, I crank music and I preach it out loud and I time every page. And that's when it gets a verbal integrity cool. and consistency. Yeah. So what, so what I uh,
2: got, a. Like a thief, what what got stolen in the middle of the night on Saturday from the sermon? Because this sermon was really like I, I was surprised with how much you were able to pack in there.
1: Yeah. Um. In such you a short time. Got a lot time. of
0: content in this one. I yeah.
1: Sometimes I go long, and I really I do that to you guys quite often when I come, and I, I really was trying to honor you. Really, honestly, I was thinking about that. I cut out a few things. Um. Let me cut. Let me just see if I can be brief. One was early on. I really liked the observation that. Half of the Israelites' troubles were of their own making, and half were because we live in a fallen world. And I had a a, a a personal interaction there that that when I've shared it before, has ha, people have leaned in and felt understood and and more bringing their real self to the rest of the world that day. Uh, at, at the time of the 2008 Great Recession, when the when the global real estate market crashed and a couple other things crashed. In the aftermath of that, I remember meeting uh, – having almost the same meeting with four, five, or six men at Lake Forest who were in the construction or real estate or contractor or flipping homes business, and, and their business had gone bankrupt. And they were wrestling with such sense of personal shame. They were, they were wrestling they, – they were feeling like the, that first part of the Israelites' trouble. This is our fault. What, what did I do to deserve this? And I would be looking at them like, "It's your fault. You fit. Fa- so you're the one. <laughs> it was you who caused the global financial. Ge- it's your fault. I'm gonna tweet that out." You know? And I'm like, "No, you just happen to be in an industry where an event in a fallen world fell on it randomly mm-hmm. on that industry. There's no shame in that. You know, let me help you find heal your identity as a man and your, and your confidence. So." Mm. That's a illustration that take you. I, there's no way to shorten that up, uh, but I cut it out. It hurt me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I thought it, then I had a nice tie in, I think, to your congregation. Uh, but, but uh, another thing um, I would have, oh, I, I just bloop, mentioned this. And um, since you went, you went to Davidson Caesar, you probably caught it. Probably nobody <laughs> else. You know, I was Maybe so not. fast, it, 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 you know. Um in verse 11 of Judges 4, it's mentioned, you know, the tent of J.L., the woman at the end, the tent peg lady. Yes. Um, it says specifically they were a, a nomadic group of people called the Kenites mm-hmm. who had joined with Israel. They were bl- relatives of Moses' wife, and they had joined up with Israel and, and moved from wherever they used to be to here. A really interesting detail that you could camp out on. If you wanted to do a, I was, this didn't make it in, but talking with you ministry studs um, and intellectual guys, you could, this passage belongs in a study of missiology rooted in the Old Testament. Hmm. Because there are bits and hints. To Dr. Laniac in Bible Journey has highlighted this several times uh, in his content that, there are times when it's clear God is saying to even in giving the covenant to Moses, Hey, include other people, invite this is also for yeah. other peoples, right? Yeah. And, and then, um, uh, and then the prophets are going to say that later. And now we know the Israelites became increasingly negligent to offer inclusion in the covenant to other people who were not, they were just like people are today. One of our worst aspects of our fallen nature is to revert to tribe clan ethnicity mm-hmm. and they were not immune to it but at their best the Kenites here in verse 11 and this is where jl can, comes in they're like oh y'all are digging yahweh you're kind of <laughs> like yeah but i'm going yahweh my way is yahweh now uh you know like this one true god thing monotheism is down so I just love that little hint there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Uh, but that that was off topic of the focus of the sermon of the holy hurt and such. But mm-hmm. but really important. Yeah. So if we were one of those churches where the guy just stands up and goes verse by <laughs> verse for an hour, that's where we would have gone. We would have gone there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's a couple other uh, other things that I cut out too. Those those would probably stand out the most to me. And there's three yeah. other.
2: Yeah, well, that last one that you just mentioned, I did catch only because I had been listening to a podcast um, about this whole sibling sibling uh, theme in the Bible, and how you just when you when you notice when the people of Israel are partnering with these other people groups, yes. that's when you that's when the the biblical authors are trying to highlight this idea that the siblings aren't supposed to be separate you know, Ishmael and and Isaac aren't supposed to be separate. They're both blessed by God and they're They're supposed to reconcile yeah, the ideal is for them to reconcile and for them to all be a part of the family. And so yeah, that's something that, that I noticed only because I'd listened to that podcast. But I think that you you even said it just I don't know if you meant to, but you said it in at the end of the sermon where you said that, you know, the the people who need our help, you know, they might not be asking for our help, right? But they need you to reach out in, and and heal, right, and be reconciling and be someone of of God's um, power in their life. And, and I just thought, wow, that's such a cool moment where you do, it kind of has like a little bit of a ragtag group of heroes in this story, where you, you mentioned the other guy where he's like, he didn't want to be the hero. He's like, I'm going to go, you know, hit up Deborah to come help me with this. And yes. then, you know, this other lady, and she prophesies that this other lady is going to, you know, actually be the victor. So it's just kind of like this weird crew of people who just kind of get put together. But it's so cool it, how God just kind of weaves that together.
1: It, it is. And Caesar, that's, uh, man, I, uh, I'd love to hear that podcast. It's really profound stuff that you just dipped into. It raises two other quick things uh, that I cut out. One is, as you were just saying that, But then when you read uh, Judges, but even more so Joshua, the book before, you're like, yeah, but God didn't say go in there and heal those people. He said, go in there and exterminate, root Mm -hmm. them out. So what's up with that? And all Mm -hmm. your happy talk about healing people. And I I did cut out a whole paragraph on the stumbling block that feels like Holy War and who God is and the God of the Old Covenant and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And it was mostly... And I'm not going to give the whole thing now because it's also a bit long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's for this is this is an example of the kind of questions I have to grapple with. If I if I just say I'm not going to deal with that question, then mm-hmm. in the back of my mind I'm thinking maybe my faith isn't real, maybe God's not who Jesus says He is, mm-hmm. and that means I'm going to have an unsteady faith. I have to go into these. So I I have answered that question for myself. But briefly, way back in the end of Genesis, God said, and I, I think it was maybe to Joseph, um, that, hey, the, the, the time for the sins of the Canaanites has not yet filled up. Mm-hmm. But there will come a time. And this is for a foreshadowing, guys. Wow. God has said to the whole world, there is a day of judgment. Mm-hmm. There is a time of the end of sinning and evil and people being hurt and suffering in this world and Mm. and somehow in the sovereign mind of a good god he knows what the fullness is Mm. in the israelites coming into canaan was the fullness of the evil being perpetrated of archaeologically speaking one of the most heinous people groups in all of human history uh, and I would have gone into a little bit of a list of that in the mm-hmm. sermon if I had had time. I did that when I taught on this once before. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, bestiality, incest, celebrated. Yeah. And and in particular, there's archaeological remains from all these Canaanite neighbors, all of them, of worshiping the god of Moloch by they made, had these big blazing chimeneas with a chute down into it. And they get the fire going up and roll an infant child in there Mm -hmm. to feed the God Molech. This, so this is the, so this may be a little historically unfair, but it's not. You could, it's kind of like, you remember how America did not have a a self critique about should we be in World War II or not? Mm -hmm. Especially with hindsight. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah. It was horrific. It was horrible yeah but we had to do that, and that is a bit of the sense here of the conquest of the land, yeah uh, yeah
0: he says that early sorry i'll uh no. go uh Dr Laniac says that in Bible journey he said that early on, I think in one of the first modules we were talking when he was talking about these hard things that we come to, especially in the Old Testament, you know he says there's um if you come across something that you're struggling with in the Old Testament, then there's two questions you should ask yourself. Number one, maybe there's something that I don't understand about God. And I think what he's alert, alluding to is that God is a God of justice. And there's something that I, I don't understand about the culture. And so when you hear God say, go take all these people out, well, it's maybe maybe he didn't actually understand the depravity that was <laughs> happening. Yes. You know, I'm kind of using that as as the lens to put on that particular example. But my goodness, yeah. Maybe you yeah. didn't understand just how bad it was, yeah, mm-hmm. and how much God does not want His people to be subjected to that. Yeah, yeah. and and that doesn't answer
1: everything. There's still mystery. Yeah. Oh know? yeah, and it still it,
0: it oh, doesn't God make God it e- even easier in some ways. Yeah. So, there's still more questions that it opens yeah. up. But yeah,
1: yeah. For sure. But but also Caesar and what you said reminds me just the final thing that I remember that I cut out, which was or I just ran out of time. I had it, and it was a slide, but it, yeah, I needed to end. Um, your people were ready to go to
0: Crafty Burger. <laughs> um, but uh, we're always ready to go to Crafty Burger. in yeah. any old time. And it hat. was just what
1: it was just what you said, Caesar. That Deborah's the most important form of her leadership was propping up the faltering faith or the waning courage of another leader, and that was Barack, the general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what a picture of a servant leader. Mm-hmm. You know, she mm-hmm. uh, he was the general, and she gave him a command, and he waffled. And I wanted to ask everybody the question, what do you do when people express unsteadiness in their faith around you? Mm -hmm. Does it scare you? And you're like, man, that might get on me. I better back off. Do you Mm -hmm. ignore it? Which is probably most common because you're not sure what to say. Mm -hmm. Well, what Deborah did was she leaned in with personal presence and said, I'll accompany you in that very Mm -hmm. thing you're uncertain about. And gave Barack the victory. Mm Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the entire army, 10,000 Israelite men, got to feel that this was their win, that Mm -hmm. God worked through them to extend his people. Uh, So Deborah gave many other people the chance to have a victory, and I thought that was beautiful about her
0: leadership in a very strong way. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, Mike, thanks for sharing some of that stuff. Just as we up here we get close to the end there's one observation I'd like to make and perhaps discuss it a little bit but I love uh, this phrase that you brought uh, back a few times through the message which is um, the talk, highlighting again being an again people oh, yeah, uh, where mm-hmm. uh, um, you just bring up the fact that I think at the beginning uh, or early on in chapter 4 it says again the people of Israel had done evil uh, and, uh, and yet we still see God kind of extending grace to them. And I, I was reminded of that, even as you were mentioning just a few moments ago, the the men in, in, in real estate uh, in 2008 that had to deal with all these extenuating circumstances that kind of made their life terrible. And yeah. so I, I was just struck by you bringing that up and then that story and, and just thinking about how when uh, situations are in our control and out of their con- our control, we experience hardship and sin and evil God's response is, is always the same regardless mm. of it's our doing or not and I think that's pretty remarkable yeah right and you you bring that up multiple times in the sermon and I just thought that was one of my favorite things that you called attention to that when, again happens whether it's our fault or not yeah God is always there and always faithful thank and you says, yeah and doesn't this show how one of the,
1: the, the one reason we're doing this series, and especially those doing Bible journey, we want to gift our people with a sense of the unity of Scripture. And so yes. Jesus is not a happenstance occurrence that God goes, well, the other plan didn't work. Let me genie blink myself on planet Earth and, and try something else. Yeah, <laughs> that Jesus is the very um, distillation of the old covenant in a way that now expands it to everybody. So here's an example. Isn't this super cool, Nathan, what you just said? It, I hadn't thought about it this way before. When Jesus gives, um, and by the way, the first sermon that's going to be preached in your new building, I already know it because I hang yep. out with Aaron. And okay. I, the same day. We know it too. Okay. We, we won't say it. Yeah. Well, we know, Caesar and I know it too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the same day at Lake Forest Huntersville, Lake Forest El Buen Samaritano, Lake Forest Davidson, uh, uh, the same sermon is going to be preached because it's Jesus' oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. statement. It's, yes. Jesus, it's the heart of Jesus and his mission. In Luke 15, his mission statement is three stories, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sheep, and then the, the prodigal son. And But think about the primary image in Jesus' mission statement, Nathan. Oh, you just gave me this insight, thank you.
0: Um, You're welcome. <laughs> what's the
1: posture of the father? It's, it, it's, it's his arms out. Yeah, eager yeah. to embrace his beloved adopted son who in the words of Judges 4 verse 1 had done evil again <laughs> mm-hmm. in the eyes of his father and the father's posture remember Jesus is very careful to say he had been waiting at the edge of the property mm-hmm. for his son to return mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. That's, that's the gospel in Judges 12 times God was waiting for this time it was 20 years And the people finally cried, verse 3, I think, they cried out to the Lord for help. And what did he do? He was the prodigal God. He's prodigal. He's lavish to go, oh, I love you, even though you're a jerk right now. (laughs) And you did all that. I love you, and I'm just waiting for
0: you to come back. I mean,
1: Jesus' mission statement, maybe he got it meditating on the book of Judges.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing, amazing. We love that we continuously call attention to that. Here on the show, especially as we've been going through the whole story and just that these little glimpses of of Jesus in the Old Testament, it's just remarkable to see, remarkable to see God's plan through all that. Well, last thought here, Mike, it's been a wonderful conversation with you, which we could go for another hour, but um, give us give us the uh, kind of the nutshell final point for your sermon from Sunday. If we don't remember anything from uh, Deborah, what what should the, the one or two sentence synopsis of this past week's sermon be for for us? Nathan, you know that brevity is a disability for me. (laughs) Uh, That's why I'm challenging you on it. I'm challenging you brotherly love here. (laughs) Tell us more. Tell us less Tell us (laughs) less. This is the Tell Us Less version of the Tell Us More podcast. Okay. Nice.
1: Okay. Well, then uh, let me just do it. Uh, Let's see. It is um, God uses people to heal the hurts in their lives and in the world. Find your holy hurt that's god-given take up your place in god's mission to heal the world through the loving power of jesus like deborah did
0: well done well done yeah Uh, don't
1: let the secret out that i can be (laughs) we'll we'll cut that we'll cut that portion
0: of the show uh, well, folks, that is all the time we have for this week's episode of Tell Us More. I want to thank you for, for being here with us, being with us through the whole story, and then coming and visiting the show and, and, and unpacking those sermons even more. Uh, I want to thank Caesar for being my, my guest host, as always, and our special guest, first time guest, uh, Matt M- Moses. Thanks for being here with us, sir. It's a this, pleasure to hang out with you.
1: This was so fun. Thank you. And good, I good. love all that God's doing in your church. I'm a big fan.
0: Thank you. Well, folks, join us next time when we ask those ministering to us to tell us more. Goodbye.